0: Headache Doctor Podcast, where it's our mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Again, on today's podcast, I have Dr. Storzbach with me. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so today's podcast, we are going to... So our our mission really is to empower everyone with headaches and migraines. Now, there are, are different facets of that and elements of it. One of the things we're trying to accomplish here. When we look at the big picture is we're trying to solve a lot of problems within our healthcare system and so for you sitting at home it's actually important for you to understand the mechanics of how our healthcare system works and we are passionate about changing some of these problems and we want to bring you in to what we see as problems in our healthcare system and these will some of these will be in general and some of these will be specific to the headache and migraine patient and how you're going to interact um, with our healthcare system and then we're gonna talk about how we've modeled Novera Headache Center to solve these problems. So, we're in the business of helping people with headaches and migraines find relief and get back to whatever life wants to offer. But we're also in the business of changing our healthcare system in a way that it truly drives value. So, we want quality to increase, we want value to increase. And as physical therapists, we feel like the low man on the totem pole in our healthcare system. And for too long, we've been trying to raise our hand and get attention because we feel like we have value in the market. Um, and that transition has been too slow. So we're, we're sort of addressing that head on. Um, what we're going to do is start off with the first question that many, many people ask us when they call, and that is, do you take insurance? So we're going to talk about insurance. We're going to talk about the issues that insurance sort of inherently uh, provides to our healthcare system and then why we as a clinic have chosen not to take insurance Um, so let's kind of jump into that so Dr. Storzbach we've done lots of training on this Um, so what why don't we take insurance um, and what what are some important things for people to take away as far as like in our decision behind that and why we feel like that's important
1: yeah, so first thing I want to say is almost all of our patients do have insurance, but they still choose to work with us. Um, and I, I really believe that is because we deliver like the highest quality care here because we are outside that normal model. Um, you know, and the reason we've chosen to not work with insurance companies is because we found they, they really dictate the treatment. They limit your options on the, even the type of treatment, how much you get. Um, and they increase overhead costs, which actually drives up the consumer price long term. And, um, you know, it's a lot more paperwork, so we can't spend as much time with the patient. And basically all this to say is like, it frees us up to do what's best for the patient, which is our goal at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. So a few examples of this in Colorado, uh, as far as I'm aware, dry needling is something that we utilize every now and then, and insurance companies, um, actually do not, reimburse or at least Medicare does not reimburse uh, for dry needling so clinics are having to do workarounds or charge the the patient out of pocket when they were going through insurance a lot of clinics just avoid it but as a provider if we really feel like our patient needs this dry needling procedure then we want to be able to do that so I want to share a little bit of a personal story which way back when I started doing the podcast I talked about but what drove me to to set up this type of model was Um, so I ran the ascent and it's a, it's a tough race. It's actually running up our 14er here in Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak. It's a half marathon, so 13 miles. And so I I was, you know, exerted to the point where my lungs were irritated, but I didn't feel it until like two, one or two days later. So I'm at work it's Monday and I start to get this chest pain. So I, I try to take a deep breath and it kind of hurts. So that's a little bit concerning, chest pain's not a good thing. Right. So I go to the urgent care and they do a bunch of tests um, and they don't find anything. And so I, I just kind of go back to work and they say they'll follow up or to go to the ER if anything increases. And, uh, and then they call me a day later and tell me that they need me to go to the er because one of my um blood the the d-dimer level was higher which just is a marker for inflammation and so um i'm actually feeling a little bit better at this point i was taking ibuprofen and that was that was helping Um, and so i'm really torn like do i go to the er like i don't want to have something severe and so i end up going to the er Um, i get there they run all the same tests which was confusing to me because they just did them like within 24 hours and i'm sitting in the in the room and just waiting for this uh, er doc to come in and she finally does and she says uh, okay there's kind of a blip on the ekg and so it looks like you might have an enlarged heart Uh, so i want you to see a cardiologist oh and there's a little nodule on your lung that we saw in the image so i want you to follow up with a pulmonologist as well and then she just like left the room she didn't address why I was there in the first place, and she essentially, uh, in her mind, <laughs> or in in my mind, as potentially someone who's not educated within healthcare, like I'm dying now. Like I went, <laughs> I went from like just having a little bit of chest pain that was going away to like having a large heart and a nodule in my lung. Now I I am in the healthcare system, so I'm able to see through this stuff. But I left, and I was like infuriated at how bad that care was she didn't listen to my concerns she didn't even ask if i had exerted myself in any way to make sense of this d-dimer level so anyways about four months go by and i receive a bill in the mail for uh ten thousand dollars and by the way i'd been receiving bills from private companies that were that were wanting me to pay them and, and just like a good citizen or patron like i paid them not realizing that they hadn't filtered it through my insurance company, so I'd paid them and I didn't have to. Wow. Um, and and we, a little side thing financially, we were paying off our debts, and so we just gotten out of debt. Mm-hmm. I received this this uh, this bill, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh! Like I was infuriated without even paying for it, <laughs> and now they're. It feels like they're reaching into my wallet and stealing from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd never been so frustrated in my life, and I said. As a healthcare care provider, it, when I open my clinic, I never want people to feel that way yeah. because I want them, one, and this just happened today. A patient called. There was a misunderstanding on payment, and we, we gave her her money back, and there was no way for me to leave that emergency room and say, hey, the quality of care was not there. Mm-hmm. I need my money back because yeah. if you go to a restaurant and there's a hair in your food or it's cold or it wasn't it expected, back. yeah, you send it back. <laughs> Uh, and our healthcare system's not like that, and that cheapens the product. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my personal story, and that's why I I want to work directly with my patients so that I can drive up the quality. Mm-hmm. Now, Doctor Storzbach, you've done some research on the actual cost of care because mm-hmm. some people think they can't afford to pay out of pocket, but I think it's interesting to know what we're actually paying in network because there's substantial costs associated with that. So Mm -hmm. go ahead and tell us what you found.
1: Yeah, I mean, insurance is tough because it's kind of confusing for normal people to understand. I mean, I'm in healthcare and it's like taking me a while to like wrap my head around what I'm paying for, what I should expect the cost to be, which is really frustrating. And so I did a little research on just like, okay, averages for deductibles, you know, which is what you pay out of pocket until the insurance will even start to cover anything. You know, what's the average for premiums then? what's the average for co-insurance and co-pays, which are all like, even just those first four can feel a little confusing to people. Um, and so I was like, you know what, let me just look at like, what's the average deductible, meaning what will you pay out of pocket until someone else pays? And the average in in America is $1,655, which is like a sizable chunk of money. And then on top of that, every single month you're paying a premium. Average premiums for just a single person go for about $4.95 a month. That's, again, a big chunk of money. And then on top of that, the average will say, okay, well, we'll pay 80%, but then you've got to still pay 20%, which is called coinsurance. And then I looked up the average copay for physical therapy in, in America, and that can average anywhere between $20 a visit to $55. So, again, I was like looking at all these numbers and thinking, well, at the end of the day, people um, think they might be saving a lot of money using their PT and network when, when you add those costs up, I just did like for 12 visits, which is kind of a standard of care for us and for a lot of other PT clinics that averages out to like $3,425 once you pay all of that, which is a huge chunk of money. Um, and I was just, I was kind of blown away because in a way it's like if people just did their own research and really stepped back and looked at it, they might realize they're actually not saving that much comparatively to like a cash pay clinic.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so what we try to bring people into in our first, what we call our free discovery visit, whether that's virtually or in person, is what is the value for going through this process for you? How valuable is it for you? Right. And when we look at the marketplace, we want to understand um, how valuable things are. And, and what's happened in healthcare is people are not perceiving that there is much value within Uh, say, for example, a primary care doc or a specialist or even most physical therapy clinics. And so as the value drops, the threshold that people are willing to pay goes down. Mm -hmm. And so if the perceived value is very low, then even the copay is kind of it it hurts. Right. You don't want to pay the Mm copay. And so if the perceived value of what we do is the same as all these other PT clinics, then thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to pay more than a copay. I actually have to pay substantially more then that hurts even more. And sometimes it's a barrier. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we try to get at with people is working outside of this insurance model actually fundamentally changes what we do. Um, So we have one-on-one time with all of our patients. You see either Dr. Storzbach or myself. um, And all we do is we treat headache and migraine patients and we have a really good success record with that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the question we're asking is, what's the value of that if in six weeks Or even after the first visit a lot of people feel uh, significant relief but what's the value in that if we can get you to the point where your quality of life substantially increases these migraines aren't taking over how valuable is that to you Mm -hmm. and when we have that conversation we feel like um, the cost to interact with us is actually very, very low compared to the value that we provide. Mm-hmm. And if we don't believe that the value is there for an individual, that's when we will refer out or try someone else or um, find them a provider that can truly help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, when, with anyone we interact with, we talk about value um, because cost is, is neither here or there. Um, you can buy a $1,500 Mac computer or you can buy a $100 Chromebook. And they will do the same thing. You can hop on to to Google Chrome and search the web Mm -hmm. on both devices, but the value is there for the $1,500 computer, and that's why people buy buy it. And so that's what we're trying to do within healthcare. So if you are are sitting at home and and you're like, well, that's great, but I can't come see you at Novera. Um, I live in some other state there's a few things that I want you to take home from this conversation. If you can find a provider that actually doesn't take insurance, that means that they are confident enough in their skills Mm -hmm. that they, they will charge you outside of insurance. Now there's very few healthcare providers that have that amount of confidence to do that. And that can be a good indicator that they're likely to help you even more so than the provider that is um, in network. Dr. Storzweck, I believe you have kind of a a personal story as well, maybe uh, a patient this week you were telling me about.
1: Yeah, so when we were really thinking about value, I had a patient come in this week who's a NICU nurse, you know, a very specialized nurse that's in all this training and gotten to this place in her work and loves what she does. And then her headaches and migraines got so bad she had to quit because she didn't feel, she had so much brain fog. She didn't feel like comfortable or safe doing her job. Um, and she wants to get back to it. so you know when just having that conversation with her, like, what is the value to you to get your job back? Of course, it's it's massive.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's a little <clears throat> um, a little homework assignment for you, but um th- we all kind of have, let's say a, a number in our head. So your time is just so so valuable. And so think about, let's say you are someone that suffers with a migraine a week. So one day a week you lose that day. So 24 hours or so, um, put a value to each hour of that day. Okay. And then let's, let's multiply that by four. And that's how much that month costs you to the, the migraine. And then let's multiply that by 12 and that's how much a year cost you. Um, and then you can, you can even pile on the cost, associated with missing time with your family or your kiddos, or maybe lost time at work, or maybe there's an actual number tied to like the amount of PTO you're taking. And so when we're talking with people, um, it really is, we want to, with within this six to eight week period, uh, we want to dramatically reduce the number of migraines you have. And so you're either deciding to continue with migraines uh, or to take the risk, work with us uh, and potentially be able to save yourself from the cost associated with those migraines. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's move on from here uh, because Dr. Storzbach and I are very passionate about that because we feel like we, we can provide a ton of value um, in this realm. But one of the other things that we're passionate about is uh, we hear patients all the time tell us about bad visits with neurologists. Neurologists that don't listen, neurologists mm-hmm. um, that just prescribe another, another medication. And the patients don't feel like they're really understanding their concerns. Um, you had a patient today, go ahead and, mm-hmm. and talk about that.
1: Well, yeah, I had a patient come in today saying, uh, she's struggled with this for decades and her, it just, she got in a car accident about a month ago and her headaches and migraines have just kind of gone through the roof. So she kind of hit a wall and went to her neurologist who looked at her and also like, she's like, I have these headaches and migraines. And he looked right at her and said, you don't have them. You don't have migraines. Like he just like dismissed her and you don't have migraines. And how often do you have them? And at this point, she's having, like, three a week. And he even told her, like, well, that's, it wasn't, like, high enough to really worry about. And it kind of, like, put it back on her, like, it was her problem. And it gave her no options other than another medication. And she came in and was, like, he was rude. He was dismissive. I feel, like, hopeless because what am I supposed to do? I, you know, it's not just in my head. There's a real problem here. Um, yeah, and it's just so, we hear, I mean, that's not, that's kind of a really extreme case. But we hear it over and over and over again of, like, I had another one come in and say she's tried like four different meds. She went back a month later, she was basically having a headache every day, and then she had like two headache-free days, and she went back in, and so again, it went from like 30 or to 28, and the neurologist was like, great, the meds are working, and I just, you know, that's just not true. That's just awful. So, um, those are just kind of some of the things we hear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're not uh, by no means slamming all neurologists, but no. these specific scenarios are, are sort of infuriating to us as providers. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that happens that you as the patient should be aware of. So in in our healthcare world currently, there there is very much a hierarchy and physical therapists typically fall like um, very, very low on that hierarchy on the totem pole um, of providers and authority, and then the respect from the community. So neurologist is kind of like top of the food chain. So when it comes to migraines, the neurologist should be the one that that knows how to help the most complicated of cases, okay? Now, in reality, these patients are going to the neurologist and then they're kind of circling back and they're finding us. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, and we have better success rates, far better success rates than even the leading medication. And so this is something that when we are interacting with patients, we're trying to build trust with them as quickly as possible. And we are new and we are we are a physical therapy clinic. So patients have experienced oftentimes physical therapy. And so they have this idea in their head of what it looks like. And maybe they're not trusting right away. Mm-hmm. And so we want to drive trust as soon as we can. But what happens sometimes is maybe they'll have like one interaction with us or one treatment session or just a discovery visit. And then their neurologist, then they'll reach out and say, hey, I'm going to see this physical therapist. And the neurologist will say, well, that's not going to work. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I mean, it's kind of like a gut punch. First of all, um, as a provider, as a professional, I, I, would, I would never tell a patient, don't go see that person um, without having all of the information, just because that, that individual, that provider has been specifically trained to evaluate certain things. Now, what we're looking at is a neck problem, it's a movement problem and it's, it's an issue that sends pain into the head or the face. Now, a neurologist should understand that. A good neurologist should understand that a physical therapist approach can be helpful. Um, and this is something that they are not equipped to evaluate. Uh, a neurologist is not trained to evaluate the neck as a movement problem. Um, they're not looking for this type of injury or problem with the neck. And so for them to lay claim or stake in sort of this movement um, realm and say that I know better and that's not going to work, is is um, there's so many so many issues with that mm-hmm. and Dr. Storzbach and I um, that's something that w- we want to get the word out to you and and you as the patient feel empowered mm-hmm. um, to know like you might receive that advice um, but no there's two sides of that story there's two sides of that coin and you don't have to take that as you don't have to take that to the bank as fact because um, oftentimes. There will be a provider that will have a different different opinion, and oftentimes will be oftentimes will be um, helpful or your or your solution. Uh, do you have any thoughts there, Doctor Storzbach?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's it's a kind of a constant uphill battle. So we definitely want to get the word out. Um, and the other thing we hear sometimes is like, oh, you really need to get an MRI to get cleared or something like that. And it's one of those things that if providers have that hesitation and they should be calling us or there should actually be communication versus just like a hard stop. Um, So I really do wish we could get to those patients. And the other thing is sometimes providers will say, well, if you are going to try PT, you go to this place and they'll specifically say like, and some I've had PTs and or patients in the past say, "Well, I thought I could only go to that place because maybe because of insurance or because my doctor like that's just how it works. I have to go where he tells me to go." And as a consumer and a patient, you always have the choice, no matter what, to where you go.
0: Yeah. So we're we're kind of like these rebel like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the black sheep of yeah. healthcare here <laughs> because what we're telling you it goes against the grain and and it's. Um, but our motivation here is truly just to help you. And mm-hmm. these are huge issues within our healthcare system that are um, causing you to not find the solution that you need. And so it's important for us to know that you have this information. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this and you're like, man, like that, like that has happened to me or I've had those thoughts or I've had those feelings. And so hopefully this is encouraging. Um, but just know that that, a lot of the mission that we're on, the empowerment, is education. It's providing you with the tools you need to make an appropriate decision. And so that's like what this podcast is all about. And there's a lot more that we could say or go down rabbit trails uh, as far as uh, this topic is concerned of what we want to see changed in healthcare. care. Yeah. Um, but I think these two main things, you know, what, why insurance might be driving a, a cheaper product or lowering the quality, um, and then this hierarchy of medicine and why that can be harmful mm-hmm. um, are two of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, and so the, that's that's what we wanted to hit home today. Any final thoughts, Dr. Storzbach? No,
1: I think, yeah, I think we hit it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So again, this is the Headache Doctor podcast, um, and it's our mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear, independence, and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode we